Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. Good morning. I'm Reverend Gregory Tool, and it is so good to be here with you this morning. And I'm so grateful to Dr. Kathy Ann Lewis for extending this invitation, uh, especially for the topic or the theme that you all have for this month about being an agent of change. And I want to talk to you today about that. And I want to talk to you about breaking through to higher ground. In other words, uh, using our principles in science of mind to go beyond uh, just uh, being another position out there, you know, like I'm for this and I'm against this. And, and you know, it, it seems like there's enough positions out there. There's enough opinions out there. And the beauty of the science of mind teaching, I believe, is that it allows us to rise above conditions. And I truly feel that if all that we're offering the world is just another opinion, uh, you know, on one side or the other of an issue, then we really haven't offered very much. And we certainly haven't Uh, used our teaching to help people rise above the conditions and transcend the conditions. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. And I want to start with the core concept five, science of mind, core concept five, that says spirit is a transcendent, perfect whole that contains and embraces all seeming opposites, is a transcendent whole that, that is a perfect whole. <laughs> Let's get this right here. It is, it is a transcendent perfect whole that contains and embraces all seeming opposites. Seeming, I think, is a key word in that statement. And so how do we practice that? How do we transcend all seeming opposites? Well, first we have to recognize the, the core of our teaching is oneness and wholeness. And we really aren't separate from anyone else. And so if we can recognize that, then we begin to already rise above that because the, the, the doorways begin to be open, the portals begin to be open to us to see a new way. Whereas if we forget this oneness, if we forget this wholeness, if we forget that there's a place of agreement already in us with every other person on the planet, then the doorway is closed and all we see is differences and all we see is opposition. I also love this famous quote from Rumi uh, that says, beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there's a field. I'll meet you there. I love that idea because we can get so, as human beings, uh, we can get so caught up in being right and and making others wrong. And sometimes that can become a paradigm that we get caught in. One might say that our world is kind of caught in that paradigm right now, particularly our country. And, and I would say our world of who's right, who's wrong. And we line up with who we think is right. And we line up against who we think is wrong. And there's kind of, it's intractable. There's, there's no solution. There's no way out of that because everyone feels they are right. And in reality, we're all right at the level of our understanding. We're all right at the level of our perspective. From, from how we see the world, we are right. <laughs> you know, so everyone is right. 
And so where do we go from there when everyone is right? Well, where we go, if we really want to rise above, we, we go to understanding each other and listening to each other and really seeing what does the world look like from someone else's point of view. And so then we start to transcend this because we're no longer trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong. We're trying to understand each other and through that understanding rise above through that understanding okay now that i understand what you need now that i understand how you see the world now there's the possibility to create something brand new gay and kathleen hendricks in their book conscious loving wrote that how can you know what is true our definition, the truth, is that which absolutely cannot be argued about. And what they talk about in terms of what cannot be argued about is our own experience, right? If I say, I am scared, you can't really argue with that. This is just my experience and my truth. I am scared right now, or I am angry right now, or I really prefer this, or here's how I see the world, right? It's, it's not saying this is right. It's just saying, here's how the world looks from my perspective, from my window. When I look out my window, here's how the world looks. When you look out your window, it may look totally different. Doesn't mean you're right and doesn't mean I'm wrong and vice versa. So, you know, we start to move out of this whole idea of who's right who's wrong, and we start to move into how do we understand each other? And then we start to go back to that core concept five that says that, that there are seeming opposites, not true opposites. There are seeming opposites. It seems like when I look out my window and I see trees and you look out your window and you see water, it seems like they're opposite. And it seems like you're wrong or, or else I'm wrong. But the reality is we're both right. From what we see out our window, that is true. So how can we go into the issues of the world and really try to understand each other and not even be in this business of who's right and who's wrong? And just know that everyone's right from where they sit and from what they understand about the world, from what's important to them, uh, all of that that makes up their being and their experience they are right. If, and if you were sitting in exactly that same place and looking out that window through their eyes, you would see the same thing. So we begin to get to more of how do we start to understand each other instead of who's right and who's wrong. So I've developed this little test in terms of when we're starting to take positions, we're starting to express ourselves in the world. Let's say we're going out to be an agent of change in the world and we want to speak something. And let's say if, if you're like me and you want to apply science of mind and you want to call people to something higher, you want to transcend all the various opinions out there, because otherwise we're just another opinion whistling in the wind, right? It's just like, oh, yeah, that's where they line up you know, okay, great. But how do we go beyond that? And how, this is what I believe is the great offering of the science of mind, because oneness is the core of our teaching. And we believe and teach that 
that the belief in separation is the only thing that needs to be healed. So when we come into oneness and we take ourselves out of separation, I'm not going to put certain people over there and other people over there, and I'm going to align with the people over here, and I'm going to be against the people over there. Separation. But if we come into oneness and say, that's me over there, and that's me over there, and all of us are one, and all of us are in this together— so here's a little test that I put together that we can, uh, you know, as we're going out to be an agent of change. So is it for something and against no one, right? This is a this is a line from Ernest Holmes that he said he would love to find some people who are for something and against nothing, right? So what are we for? Are we are we resisting something and are we going against something or? Are we for something? What are we for? We could be for love. We could be for kindness. We could be for compassion. We could be for fiscal responsibility, right? Or we could be for compassion and caring about people. But we're not against anything. We're for something. Uh, Another part of this test, is it aligned with principle? Is it aligned with the idea of oneness? Is it aligned with the idea that all is a transcendent whole, that all is a perfect wholeness that transcends seeming opposites? Or have we put ourselves into separation where we've created an opposite? We've said this is the way it is, and then the opposite is wrong. So is it in alignment with our principles? Another thing, do we call people higher? Or do we just call them to stay right where they are? (laughs) Like you have your opinion and I'm going to align with you with your opinion. And now I'm on your side and all the rest of those people over there who are on a different side, (laughs) the heck with them, you know? So no, we, you know, does it, does it call us to something higher? Does it call us beyond where we are today? Does it call us to look further, to look deeper and to break through to some higher possibility. Ah, and then, and this goes back to the work of Gay and Kathleen Hendricks in their book, Conscious Loving, which is really all about owning our stuff, our biases, our place of hurt and woundedness. So in taking this position, have we really looked at where are my blind spots and my biases? And are those in the position I'm taking? Or have I dealt with those appropriately, where I'm rising above my own biases. I mean, we can have our biases, but don't think that that makes us right. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, like like I, for example, have always had a, a fairly liberal bias in terms of politics, right? And I used to say I am a liberal, and now I say I have a liberal bias. I tend to see the world through that lens. It doesn't make me right, (laughs) right? It doesn't mean that is the way or that is the right way. It just means that that's the lens through which I see the world. That's the filter which things go through. And so I can own that bias and I can own that that's how I see the world. And I can even show up in that way. This is how I show up. I'm, I'm transparent about it. But as you can see in that, it doesn't make anyone else wrong. And it doesn't push anyone else away. It says, come on into my tent. Here's how I see the world. How do you see the world? Let's talk here. Let let me hear about how you see the world. We start to create an opening. We start to create connection with one another. So the other, and then the last one is, 
the last couple ones, you know, does it degrade anyone? Is there anyone we're degrading, any group, any person that we're degrading in the position that we're taking? And then we know that we're, again, we're in separation and we're not in this wholeness. We're not in this oneness. So these are the filters that we're taking it through uh, that help us to rise above, to help us to break through to higher ground because we get to see, oh, that sounds wonderful and it's a great opinion, but I'm in separation right now. I haven't risen above. I haven't broken through to the higher ground where there is oneness and wholeness and there's not separation and, and division. Uh, the last part of that is, is about love. You know, does it express love? Is your intention, is your intention in what you're saying and what you're putting forth and what you're advocating, is it about love? And is it not about being against someone or making anyone else wrong? That one in itself, to be, to have an intention to only come from love, that my only intention is to love all beings everywhere. The master teaching, the master teacher said in, in Matthew, uh, what you have done to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. We are all one. We are all in this together. We are all in this together. So before you might begin to dismiss this as rather Pollyanna <laughs> and not practical, let's apply it to uh, real situations and what would be one of the the, the big things going on in our world right now. One of the big things going on in our world right now is, is the division between those who feel that the election was, the last presidential election was stolen. And then there are those who feel that it was a fair election. And how do we have that conversation when we have differences there? Well, for one, we get out of the opinion there. Do, do we really know what happened, first of all, right? I mean, we know what we know, and we know what we understand. And then we come in to start to really listen to each other. And we might find out, we say, well, how are you feeling? What is, what is, what is going on with you personally? Like, and so we might find out that, that the person who thinks the election was stolen, that they're afraid. And then when we talk to the person who thinks it was a fair election, we may also find that they are afraid, you know, for different reasons. And then so we've already got a place where we're coming together. Right. We're afraid, you know, and we we, you know, as Americans, we have these common values. Right. That 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 we that we uh, believe in and that we have that are part of our culture, part of the fabric of of who we are. And so we come back uh, to those things. And we move away from uh, uh, the positions that we take. So we start to move to a higher place. We start to, to call people back to trust, right? We start to call people, there's, there's mistrust here. So let's come back in to trust. Let's come back into to, uh, uh, calling each other into this place of how can we start to trust each other again? How can we start to, to get on the same side of the table and explore this question? If there's a question about an election or anything else, let's sit on the same side of the table and let's explore this and let's get to what's real and what's not real. We call each other back to justice, fairness, honesty, and letting go of our political agendas. We start to call people to this and, and 
once we start, I can tell you because this is how I've been living my life for a number of years now, where uh, when I became a minister, I said that I'm committed to not having animosity toward anyone. And that commitment has opened so many doors for me, so many um, uh, places of truth, so many, so much deep wisdom and understanding, and so many uh, avenues for me to love people that maybe I would not have had without that commitment. And so by, by committing to this higher ideal of breaking through to higher ground, uh, all kinds of things, resources, knowledge, wisdom is opened up to us that is not opened up to us if we just are sitting there still waiting to see, well, I can't see how that could ever happen. I can't see how we could break through to higher ground here. Well, the door is not open to you if we're sitting in that place. But the moment we begin to say, I don't know how, but I know that there's an infinite intelligence and wisdom in me. I know that I'm not truly opposite of anyone else, that there are seeming opposites. I know that in truth, we are really one. I know in truth that there's a much bigger picture that if I would open myself up to see that I could see it, then we start to transcend conditions and doorways start to be open to us that weren't open before. So we have to take that leap of faith, knowing what the principles are, that there really is no separation, that really we are all this person sitting across from me, no matter what the appearance might be, that we are one. This is my brother. This is my sister. This is my relative. This is, this is me, ultimately. So it calls us to start listening to one another. And the moment, the moment that we begin to approach it this way, we literally create a pathway to have a conversation with people that we would not be able to have if we had, if we were just aligned up on one side of an issue. Once we start to say, this is where I am, I want to trust. I want us to come into honesty. I want us to come into what is fair and what is for the highest. And I want to understand you. And I want to tell you where I am. And, and so I want to share with you that I feel fear uh, about our democracy, you know, let's just say, right? Or whatever it is that we're experiencing. So we start to listen to each other and hear each other. And we start to come back together. Let me give you an example that I think all of us in Science of Mind can relate to, which is, you know, many of us know that uh, for about 50 years, a little more than 50 years, uh, the organization that, that, you know, Ernest Holmes started split into two and stayed apart for about 50 years until uh, this century, this millennium, where we started to have uh, some dialogue about how do we bring these two religious science uh, organizations back together. And I worked at the home office at the time and was part of right there in the middle of, along with a number, quite a few other people, uh, to, to, bring, to make this happen, to bring the two sides back together. Well, when the organization split more than 50 years before, uh, there were some reasons why they split. There was, there was a different point of view as to how the organization should be organized and structured and how education ought to happen. 50 plus years later, none of that had changed. 
In fact, if anything, probably the two organizations were more entrenched in their particular point of view and their particular way of doing things because now they were doing it the way that they wanted to do it based on people splitting off into whichever corner uh, aligned with their beliefs. So how were we going to bring these two back together? Well, for one, we had this higher intention that we wanted so much for science of mind to be united. We wanted so much for our organizations to come back together. We didn't know how, but we had this overarching desire that we wanted to be together. And then when we came together, the, one of the uh, themes started to be, let's find a third way. There's the way you do it. There's the way we do it. And let's find a third way that incorporates what's important to both of us. We let go of the particular structures and said, how do we honor and listen to each other and say, what do you value? I know that you've been doing it this way, this particular thing this way, uh, but what is it in that that you value that makes that so important to you to do it that way? And so we got beyond form and structure and we got into values and what's important to each other. And little by little, and, and boy, this is a, <laughs> quite a shortened summary of what that I'm, I'm really, you know, making light of something that was a, quite a process for a couple of years that we were engaged in uh, of deep listening and going back to the table and back to the table and back to the table, but just really listening to each other, really seeing. And we were many times very opposite one another in terms of how we thought things ought to be structured and how we thought things ought to be done. But we had that overarching desire to come together, that overarching knowledge and certainty that really we were one, regardless of having separated. And so that drove us to work through the differences, differences and really listen to each other, really hear each other, and to practice our teaching, to practice our teaching that there is a perfect wholeness that transcends all seeming opposites. This can be applied in our world. And that test that I gave, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat that again. I'm going to come back to that again uh, in closing here. Because the invitation really is to embrace this oneness that is our teaching and to really uh, uh, break through to higher ground. And then we have something amazing to offer the world. That, you know, we might offer the world something by taking a position on one side of an issue or the other, but where we really can offer something is where we al allow people to go beyond those uh, separations, to go beyond those, you know, opinions on one side of an issue or the other and take them to some higher ground. So the test, again, is, is, is it against no one? Is it for something? Is it aligned with principle? Is the only intention love? Do we call people higher? And have I owned my own biases, my own traumas, my own unhealed past? That is a really big one. And this is what we do in Science of Mind, right? We work on ourselves. We clear everything out of the way that, that, that stops our light from shining. We deal with our fears, we deal with our insecurities, and we don't project them onto other people. And so we own what is ours to own. If we come to life, if we come to issues, if we become a change agent where we've done all of these steps, 
and we really clear the cobwebs out of our own being. We clear all those things that block us, our unhealed past that might cause us to project things onto another person or group. If we really do that, and we really only come from love, and we really are for something and against nothing, oh my goodness, the doorways of wisdom that open to us, the wisdom of seeing pathways, the, the, the ability to talk to anyone about anything starts to really open because we've let go of all ideas of separation. We've let go of our attachment to opinions. We, we can have opinions, but we've let go of the attachment that I, if I have an opinion, then that means I am right and anyone who doesn't have this opinion is wrong. So my invitation today is to take this leap to step into such a perhaps radical oneness that we become an agent for change like never before because we allow people to rise above the opinions of the day to this higher ground. Thank you so much. Peace and blessings.